your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Monday of Lacrosse Talk PM, the eve of Election Tuesday. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line if you want to get in here. Coming up on the show, I'm going to have Lacrosse County Clerk Jenny Dinkmeyer on to answer some questions heading into tomorrow's election that I had. I talked to her, for the record, I talked to her at 4 o'clock, recorded it, and we'll play it for you after at the bottom half of the hour. Before that, however, I'm going to have Lacrosse County Democratic Party Chair Mike Smuxta on to discuss how the radical liberal Democrats feel headed into tomorrow. <laughs> I think we have to we have to add that. Did I? Oh, I forgot. Social radical liberal socialist Democrats headed into tomorrow. Um, we'll see if Smuxta has any hesitation about any of his candidates heading in. You know, Brad Paff versus Dan Kapanke. Steve Doyle versus Kevin Hoyer and Leroy Brown. Jill Billings versus Jerome Gunnerson and Ron Kind versus Derek Van Orton. I think those are the, the ones locally that we're paying attention. And then that Joe Biden guy against that Trump guy, whatever his name is. Um, so that's what we'll have here in a couple of minutes. Before that, though, it, it's dark out, right? Like, I don't have a window to the outside world. I have a window to the hallway so I can see when Grant walks by as he's pacing during his show at breaks. Uh, but heading into, uh, you know, it's like the darkest time of the year. We get into this presidential election and also literally the darkest time of the year because we're, uh, we've changed the clocks back and in, in, in a day that I hate the most of all the years is when you, you, you get an hour on the weekend, right? But actually you kind of lose an hour of daylight if you're sleeping it. I mean, I don't know how many people get up early that early in the morning on the weekend to enjoy that extra hour of daylight in the in the early hours, but uh, it's always. So I hate I hate I wish we would move the clocks the other way. Why can't we move the clocks the other way so we actually get to enjoy the sunset later? So when I leave, it's very selfish. I know when I leave this studio after six o'clock, it's not dark out, and actually I can go home and walk the dogs when there's some sunlight. Why are we doing this? Why is that? Ever, we all get done with work at around five, right? Right, five, six o'clock. And then we all drive home in the dark to not be able to enjoy. I mean, how many people are getting up in the morning to enjoy that? The, the, the day, are you going for walks and, and, and going for hikes in the morning before the, before the, while the sun's up or an hour earlier? No, nobody's doing that. Maybe like six people are working out in the morning, right? Those joggers that, you know, they jog and, and then they go to work out at the Y and do all that stuff before work. That's like 1% of the population. Uh, number three is calling in. Number three, do you, you're you probably an early riser, so you probably like how the clocks are right now, huh? It don't bother me one bit. When you're retired, it don't make any difference. Okay. <laughs> all right, but I tell you one thing. One of the commercials, the, the ads going to quit, the political ads, is tonight the last night or is it tomorrow? I, I don't I have no idea I don't really I don't really uh, I, I don't take in commercials very much but yeah uh, did you have it, anything else I, I could I can do a commercial spiel in a minute but did you want to talk about anything else oh, I'm, I'm so sick and tired of them I wore off the on and off button on my radio <laughs> okay I had to go get a new radio this morning because I always when I hear these damn commercials all the time political. I shut the thing off. Well, now the button broke, so I had to go buy a new radio. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry about that. 
Uh, yeah, that's that's the nature of the biz, I guess. The nature of uh, how we um, like to get the word out for who our candidates. And you know, we've talked about election reform, so I've you know talk, talked multiple times on this show about, and maybe that would change. I, I think in the radio business, we wouldn't want that to change. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of commercials. I, I'll say that. And speaking of that, I got to go to a couple of those commercials. So I can bring Mike Spuckst on, but we got to get Brad Williams to do the news before that. Uh, Josh is texting in, pound signed, red wave. I, you don't need the pound sign, Josh. It's just the text. It's not uh, It's not going off to Twitter. <laughs> but all right, we're going to take a quick break. Brad doing the news. I'll bring Mike on, talk about tomorrow's election, how the Democrats are feeling going in. And after that, Lacrosse County Clerk Jenny Dinkmeyer just on, you know, voting so you have questions about voting i i think i i think i asked her a lot of them she said these are all questions i've never i've heard a hundred times already so and then i was like jenny do you have any questions nobody's asked you and she said no (laughs) so but uh pretty pretty uh interesting interview with jenny coming up at the bottom half the hour that i did at four o'clock so all right brandon news coming up But right now on the phone with me is Lacrosse County Democratic Party Chair Mike Smuxta. Mike, how how are things going a day before the big day? Well, thanks for having me on. Um, how are they going the, the day before? I it was fine. We had some we had some business down at the office. People coming in to pick up some more signs, uh, and we were also distributing uh, personal protection equipment for uh, poll watchers uh, for the Democratic Party uh, that will be at some of the polling places. Yeah, what so, what can you? Ahead. Can you describe what what what's a poll watcher? What are what are they doing? Well, <laughs> they just kind of sit there, and you know, if there's any discrepancies, uh, if there's any, if people are being challenged to vote, uh, they can report that to uh, the Democratic State Party. Uh, there's a voter protection project, a voter protection plan, and uh, they will they will uh, look into the situation. So it's basically. Um, from what I've read, you basically you, you just sit there and you, you observe and just to make sure that uh, no uh, uh, nothing's going on that, that would seem to be like voter intimidation or or uh, voter challenge challenges to voters or so on. I, I don't expect uh, that to happen in, in lacrosse, but uh, that, it's just a, a part of the voter protection plan that the state put together. And that's a thing that b- both parties are doing, right? The Republican Party would have their own poll watchers. Right, 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 right. Yeah, Do you guys... yeah, it's different from being an election inspector or a poll worker, where you know you where you uh, sign people in and uh, uh, register to vote, or are you registering people to vote? This is this is strictly a party function. Now, do they sit on opposite sides of the room? Then the Republican I don't poll know. watchers. That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> and then socially distant from everyone else too, of course. Um, I would hope so. Yes, yes. All right, so let's let's do the big one first. Uh, Trump Biden uh, in Wisconsin. How do you feel about about which way it's leaning here? Uh, I think it's leaning toward Biden. I, I think it's leaning toward Biden. Uh, the, uh, you know, since August, when you look at the polling in terms of the national polls and the state poll in Wisconsin. Um, it's been it's been pretty steady. Uh, I just looked at one today, and the little arrow for the blue is going up, and the little arrow for the red is going down in terms of the state of Wisconsin. Uh, the national polls uh, are favoring Biden uh, by around eight points, depending on the average what you look at. Uh, Wisconsin, I've seen the range from between six and ten points. All right, um, so, so that's, that's pretty healthy. 
Everybody's everybody's going to hear that, Mike, and then say, "Well, the polls said that with Hillary, so we shouldn't yeah, right, we should right. pay attention know, to the polls." I heard that too. Um, um, but I think Trump would need a much larger polling error to have uh, a chance of winning the White House. Um, Biden, I think, can win even if the polls were off by as much as they were in 2016, and they really weren't off that much. I mean, in terms of the now in Wisconsin, they were, uh, but in terms of the national votes, uh, it was I think uh, three million votes. 2.6%. But there have been some changes since then um, uh, in, in terms of what's going on here. Um, there's fewer undecided voters this time around, and there's no strong third-party candidates on the ballot. Um, and, and so last time, I think they broke uh, two to one, the last few days of the campaign, they broke two to one for Trump, the undecided voters. You, you... Part of it had to do with the Comey uh, um, open and reopening the investigation. Um there's fewer of those to go around this time. And from what I've read so far, they're kind of just splitting evenly uh, in terms of Biden and Trump. And, now, and then uh, polling has changed somewhat from what I've learned. Uh, they've adjust the poller, the, the pollsters now try to adjust for voters um, without a college degree by, by weighing the polls in terms of education along with other factors. And so um, I, 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 I think there'll be, I, I think we can have a little bit more confidence this time around. I mean, you never know. Um, but uh, I, I think uh, those kinds of those reasons I just suggested, I, I think, suggest uh, that I'm optimistic about about Wisconsin. Yeah, I'm getting um, a text from Joe here, Mike, that says uh, we live in a fantasy world. You Democrats and other polls had Biden down five percent. And then the national vote means nothing. The fact that yeah, the Trump... national vote the <laughs> national vote does not mean anything in terms of electing the president. Yeah, um, but Biden has. Uh, I think he's opened up a lead in Wisconsin, um, and I think it's. Uh, I think it's going to hold. Um, uh, now you 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 talk about uh, the when you're out talking to people and when you're calling and you're making these phone calls, a, a lot of the the situation with Hillary Clinton in 2016 was a lot of Obama voters didn't vote for Hillary and voted for Trump. Do you see a lot of those voters flipping back from going from Obama to Trump and then back to Biden? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if I've seen that, but I've, I've, I've read that, uh, that I think there are more, uh, you know, Biden, for example, okay. Hillary was not liked by, by people. Okay. <laughs> okay. Biden doesn't have that. I think Biden people, he's, he's a likable guy. Okay. Whether, whether you like his policies or not, you know, he has some qualities that a president should have. Number one, he has empathy. We haven't seen that from, from Donald Trump. I mean, Don, uh, uh, um, Biden has uh, not only empathy, but he has, he has a sense of ethics uh, uh, in terms of, his, in terms of how, he, and how he lives his life. Um, he's a, I don't see that in Donald Trump. Uh, and, and I think most importantly in this election, it's not about Biden. The election is not about Biden. The election is a referendum on Donald Trump. And do we want to have them in our living room for more years? Um, I think people are tired of the when voters came in, when people came into the office to pick up signs, uh, they, they would often come. They're just tired of the chaos of the Trump administration, uh, the incompetence of the Trump administration. And I know I'm going to anger some Republican voters out there, but I find Trump to be morally, ethically, intellectually, psychologically uh, unfit for the office. Uh, and I think he's proven that in, in four years of time. Um, again, that's a, a partisan point of view, but I just don't, he, he, he's never, he's never grown into the job. It's still playing only to his base, not, 
governing for all the uh, all, all Americans, um, and it's only about him. Why is he holding these super spreader rallies? Because he wants the crowd, you know. Uh, tell you something about the man. Yeah. La Crosse County Democratic Party Chair Mike Smuxta on with me uh, locally. Let's let's reel it in here a little bit locally. Uh, okay. Which race here between, uh, you know, Senate seats, assembly seats and a congressional seat, which one do you see as most important for Democrats to win? Uh, the 32nd Senate, Brad Pass. All right. Uh, again, against Kopanke. I think that's that's an important one. Um, uh, it was a close race last time. I think what I think what will my sense of it is this time, at least, I think the, uh, uh, the Biden's coattails will help pass, uh, and and Trump might hurt down down ballot uh, candidates. Uh, Kopenki's been around a long time. Um, I see him simply as someone who takes marching orders from the Republican legislature. Uh, Paff has a good background. He grew up in, in western Wisconsin. Comes from a farm. He's a hardworking guy. Uh, he. Uh, has a sense of uh, caring for other people. Um, you see that in his some of his ads. He's uh, you know one of the big issues now is uh, of course the coronavirus and how that's been handled. But the side to the, 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 the side issue with that is healthcare. And Kapanki has uh, you know is trying to say now he wouldn't re- remove pre-existing conditions. I don't believe that he was in favor of that before. Um, uh, and 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 I think healthcare is a big issue. It's going to be a big issue in, uh, for people, uh, particularly the. the Obama, uh, the uh, effort by the Trump administration to go to court and invalidate the the Affordable Care Act. So, I think Kapanki's kind of a you know he's been around a long time. Um, he's got. I, I think people are ready for a change. Last time around, Dan Kapanki lost to Jennifer Schilling by not a whole lot of votes. I think it was you know right. I, I, right. it was like under a hundred votes. Um, is Brad Paff a better candidate for this seat? Are you a little bit like phew? That's good. I'd rather have Brad Paff running for the seat against Dan Kopenke than Jennifer Schilling. It seems like Brad Paff might be a better candidate to win this seat. Um, I, I've always thought Jennifer Schilling was a good candidate. Um, she, she always struck me as kind of a, a, a natural politician when I've heard her speak. Um, I think Paff is, uh, you know, he's, he's got experience. He was in the, you know, one thing I would like to correct, he was not fired uh, in terms of the agricultural department. Uh, the Republicans just went into a little hissy fit over the fact that he wanted to get some money over to farmers in terms of mental health issues because of the, the struggling dairy farms. And they got into a hissy fit that he would do that over, uh, I think it was $100,000 or something. And so they refused to confirm him. So he really wasn't, he wasn't fired. Uh, he was uh, the Republican legislature just refused to uh, to confirm him. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, we, we we went like 10, 11 months as Brad Paff as our ag secretary uh, right. Not really, but what is whatever it's called. But we have that same deal with Andrea Palm right now, too, right? Our health secretary. She she hasn't been yeah. confirmed either. Yeah, it yeah. Seems, seems and, a little. You know, strange. I, and I don't know if it's just that they're they're still uh, upset over the two eighteen election. I don't know. Um, I, I have seen some polls in terms of uh, approval ratings for the Republican uh, legislature, the Assembly and Senate. Their their numbers have gone down uh, recently um, in terms of. I think they're in the like. High thirties or something in terms of approval. You know they haven't they haven't met uh, uh, this year except for a couple quick gavel in gavel out special sessions and they've opposed Evers on on uh, on on trying to do uh, trying to deal with this pandemic in a in a, a rational way as opposed to 
um, the way that they're dealing with it. Yeah, the GOP. Well, yeah, that's a big race. Uh, I think I think Doyle's uh, got an important race against Hoyer. Um, I think he'll do well there. Um, is that the then, one? Is uh, that the one you're most nervous Doyle, about uh, in terms of a, a Democrat? Uh, you know, Doyle would be holding his seat. He's got Hoyer. He's also got Leroy Brown, an independent in there. That that you know, a third party that might steal some votes from from Doyle. The way I feel like they align. Um, is that the race that you feel is most contested here? Uh, no, I think the I think the the, the path Kopanky test the path Kopanky race will be the most contested. I think Doyle's in a in I think um, I think he's uh, in a good situation in in his district. All right, and then obviously you have Jerome Gunderson and and, and uh, Jill Billings uh, yeah. in another assembly seat. Right, and I think Billings, Billings will hold on to it. I think comfortably. Um, uh, La Crosse is mostly in the city of her district is mostly the city of La Crosse and parts of and up in French Island and uh, um, La Crosse is a pretty much Demo- more of a Democratic city than a Republican city. And then I think the, she'll do why. And then the last race that uh, La Crosse County voters will be voting on is Ron Kind holding his seat in the Congress over Derek Van Orden. Right, um, and I, I think uh, Kind is a a good fit for the district. The district is. Always seen as kind of a swing district, which means it's kind of a moderate district. Um, uh, kind, I think, is a is, is moderate in his in his approach to uh, um, governing and in his philosophy of government. Uh, he's fiscal conservative in some ways. He, he works hard for the dairy farmers and the other farmers in the region. Um, uh, strong on the environment. Um, so I think uh, um, voters responded. I think Van Orden is. Uh, um, uh, too too conservative for the district. Um, uh, he reminds me of the same situation with Baldwin and uh, I think it was Wukmer. Um She she turned out to be uh, the Republican candidate turned out to be too conservative as well, and, and Baldwin won very easily. I think I think kind of hold on to the seat. He held on to it in two sixteen. He wasn't. I mean, in in uh, in, in two sixteen, uh, even though Trump won the district, uh, kind kind won his seat. Um, this time around, again, I think uh, Biden's uh, coattails and his and his success in making this a referendum on Trump, Biden will help the down ballot candidates uh, more than Trump will. All right, heading into the election tomorrow, what's the, uh, the you you we talked before the show. You said you're just shutting down the party office, and then you guys are going to have uh, some kind of a virtual Zoom. I don't know if you you'll call it a party, but at least like a meeting. You know, depending on how things go, uh, and and what what can people do with that? Uh, they can if they want to attend, they can go to uh, laxdems.com. It's on our calendar there, and there'll be a link. Basically, it just uh, it, we'll we'll see what happens. You know, last time this is a weird year. I mean, uh, we we met in 218. We we had a gathering for uh, the election night watch uh, over at the Pettibone Resort. We started at eight. People started wandering out about 1130. The governor's race had not yet been called. Um, but it, it's just a chance for people to get together, socialize, and, and basically we, we CBS. watched uh, uh, the, the news. Uh, I don't know which station it even was back then. It might have been CNN. Um, and had a big screen. Uh, this time, you know, it, it's a virtual situation. I think it's just a chance for people, if they want to converse with one another in, in a setting on, on a Zoom meeting, to talk about what's going on. And and I, I doubt we're going to uh, have. I don't. I don't think we'll know uh, by midnight who's who's won the presidency. I know some states will report be reporting back quickly. Florida's one to watch. I mean, they've already been counting their ballots. That'll be interesting to see what happens there. But, you know, we may not know until Wednesday in terms of uh, 
uh, who won, and some states will even be reporting later. So uh, hopefully that uh, if you look at certain states, see how they're going, uh, Florida, North Carolina, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, you can get a sense of how things might work out. Sure. All right, Mike, thanks a lot for joining me. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right, see you later. Bye. That was Lacrosse County Chair, Lacrosse County Democratic Party Chair, Mike Smuxta. Didn't didn't uh, you know? He sounded like Brad Path. Dan Kapanke was going to be a contested race. Every other one, he was pretty confident in. Uh, and uh, sounds like the uh, you know the pandemic is is putting a a little bit of a kibosh on the ability to have some kind of party. You know, to instead of having some kind of voting party, whatever you want to call it. To just to be safe from you know contracting or distributing the virus to other people, going to hold that virtually. All right, we got to get to Scott's comment. The news coming up in a couple of minutes, and then Brad doing the news, I should say, and then the cross county clerk Ginny Dinkmeyer. After that, we'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. On the phone with me now is the Lacrosse County Clerk, Jenny Denkmeyer. She's been doing this job since 2011. Is it a two-year or four-year term, Jenny? It's a four-year term. It's a four-year term. So you you had to run for this uh, four years ago. Are you regretting that decision now, heading into this election, and and how chaotic it seems to be? Um, It's definitely making things challenging and definitely making you um, be on your toes and prepared for stuff that you never thought would happen during election year. But um, I I love my job. I love everything that throws at me. So I I don't have any regrets yet. A a lot of absentee ballots is the word we're getting are coming in. And you you can't start counting those until when? Till 7 a.m. tomorrow morning when the polls open. That's the first opportunity you can start counting the absentee ballots. Now, are they all in like some closet somewhere or how does that work? They all are secured with the municipal clerks until tomorrow morning. Okay. And then so tomorrow at 7 a.m., do you do you break out those, break them out and, and start opening envelopes? How many people are going to be doing this? Um, they're going to go to the assigned polling location, so wherever that voter would typically go vote, um, whether it's one of the locations in the city of La Crosse or whether it's one of the town halls or village halls, um, they're going to go, the, the ballots, absentee envelopes will be delivered to those polling locations by the municipal clerk, and then when they have time throughout the day, they're going to start processing them, which is they read the name and the address of the voter, they open the envelope, they pull the ballot out, and turn it upside down. Um, and they'll continue doing that until they have a stack of them, and then they'll start processing them through the tabulator um, as time allows or as they have um, gaps in time between voters. Absentee ballots makes it a lot – does it make it a lot harder on the the volunteers that work uh, at the at the offices? Um, it does. It's, there's more work involved in absentee voting, but obviously when you're in the middle of a pandemic, um, we want voters to be safe. So if absentee voting was the way we got voters out to safely vote, then we're perfectly fine with it. But it, it does cause a little bit more administrative work and a little bit more work on Election Day for the poll workers, but um, you're not probably not going to find many poll workers complain about it. Do you have one of them cool like envelope opening knives to use, or how, is there a secret way to do this? Um, yeah, it's called a letter opener. I think you can buy them at Office Depot for a couple bucks. <laughs> so taxpayer money has been spent on these. Please tell me that at least we've done that for you guys. Well, I believe this is a COVID-related expense, so um, I believe it's probably been reimbursed through some of the grant money already being out there used for COVID. All right. And then um, the the amount of absentee ballots, do we know, like, a is there a way to predict, like, this many people have voted so far because you have so many absentee ballots in, in a closet somewhere? 
Yeah. Um, so far, countywide, we know that there's been 42,000, approximately 42,000 absentee ballots returned. Um, that's like a 95% return rate from the absentee ballots that were mailed out. So it, just with the absentee ballots returned, we already have, we're looking at about a 54, 55% um, voter turnout on the actual registered voters. So over half the registered voters already have cast a ballot if we're just looking at the absentee ballots returned at this point. What percentage of county residents voted in 2016 and 2018? Do you know those off the top of your head? In 2016, it was 83% of the registered voters. Um, I don't have the number off the top of my head in 2018. Um, that was a gubernatorial, so the turnout would have been a little bit less than what we had in 2016, which was a presidential. Okay, and then do you know, do you, can you anticipate the percentage for tomorrow, or is it just a matter of how many people show up? Yeah, well, I can only assume that, you know, in November 2016, we cast about 64,000 ballots in La Crosse County. I can predict we're probably going to be close to 64,000, maybe a few more than what we did back then. So we're going to be looking at another, you know, 85% turnout of registered voters. And if we're already at 55%, um, there's not a heck of a lot of registered voters in the county left to go to the polls for tomorrow. So we can anticipate the polls being, and this was true the the last election too, just we're not going to worry about overcrowding or and stuff like that where people, obviously because there's a pandemic and, and people don't want to be uh, bunched up. So that's going to be fine, don't you think? Yeah, I expect there to be a line out the door right away in the morning like there always is at 7 o'clock, people trying to vote going into work. So um, if you go to the polls right away in the morning, probably expect there to be a line. Um, and then I think once that line is down throughout the day, it'll just be, you'll have your little rushes, you'll have your noon rush when people are on their lunch breaks, and you'll probably have a 5 o'clock rush when people are heading home. So I think throughout the rest of the day, there will probably be a steady flow of voters, but nothing like we would typically see in a presidential or gubernatorial election. So if you want to avoid lines, don't vote at 7, noon, or 5-ish. Five, 5 o'clock are usually the highlights where you have um, a good rush of voters coming through with a little bit of a line. Um, you know, some of the some of the crazier stories we hear, they're going to be uh, people observing these, like, some even in some places, armed observers. Do you have any, do you have any insight into whether or not there'll be poll watchers, I guess? Yeah, we definitely are going to have election observers throughout La Crosse County. We already know that there's a list of them. We had them during in-person absentee voting. Um, we are not having armed election observers. They're not allowed at the polls. Um, so, you know, pre-prepared when you go in there, there'll be the observer area. There's observers that need to sit there. They have rules they need to follow. If they're not going to follow the rules, they'll be asked to leave. So um, in most elections, there are observers. People probably pay no attention to it, maybe because there's been more pointed out about them this year. You may be able to see them more. But, um, yeah, we, we expect there to be a observers at the polls like there is for most elections um the we've we've gone back and forth with the ability to mail in the ballot so just to be clear the ba- the ballot has to get to your office by 8 p.m tomorrow right uh the whether ballot it was- has to be to the polls by 8 p.m when the polls close in order for it to be count so if you're still sitting at home with that absentee ballot um tomorrow i highly suggest you take it to your polling location to make sure it gets returned and counted um there's no opportunity for that ballot to be counted after 8 p.m what if somebody mailed their ballot friday and now they're really nervous you know friday or saturday and now they're really nervous about it getting to you once they return that ballot, which is considered you put it in a drop box, you put it in the mail, that ballot is considered returned and you are unable to vote on election day. So you just need to hope that that ballot will show up by 8 p.m. in the mail. 
Okay, there's no like provisional ballot or anything like that. They can they can request. That is it. not an opportunity to vote a provisional ballot. All right, so anyone that's voted on Saturday or Friday and, and sent it or to or today, I guess if you threw it in the mail, uh, you might be SOL. I think. Yeah, I know the local post offices are going to try to keep those ballots local versus sending them up to the cities to be processed. But, yeah, that ballot still needs to get to that clerk's office by 8 p.m. to be counted. So hopefully if you put it in the mail, it's going to get here in time. If you're still holding that ballot, like I said, get it to your polling location where you would typically vote um, tomorrow morning before 8 p.m. Uh, when do you expect uh, results for the – when do you guys expect to be done counting tomorrow? Is there, is, can you predict the time? Um, a lot of the bigger polling places brought in a second tabulator, so they'll have a, a select crew of poll workers on Election Day tomorrow that's going to do nothing but processing the absentees. You know, we have a lot of places that have thousands of absentees they have to count, so that is definitely going to help get in the absentees process so they don't have to be done when the polls close. So I, I think a majority of the, the polling locations and reporting units will be in um, probably before midnight, 1 a.m., um, there's going to be a couple that are going to take a little bit longer because of the amount of absentees they have. So um, we're hoping within the wee hours of Wednesday we'll have all the results posted. Um, you you talked about, you know, having enough – well, I guess that maybe you didn't. You, talk about poll workers a little bit, but do you have – not that you do – do you have enough, but it, do you have more than typically you, you usually have because you're doing a little bit more work this time? And there's a pandemic, so you might actually have less poll workers because – People, people don't want to go volunteer and work at the polls. Yeah, we've actually been very lucky here in La Crosse County. We've had so many people come out and offer to be a poll worker where they've done the training. So most municipalities have more poll workers than what they typically would have at the election, and a lot of them have a backup list. We have already have some that are falling off because they got exposed to COVID or tested positive. Um, but with the COVID, and you need to have people walking around the polling places, cleaning the surface areas, the greeters, um, people enforcing social distancing. So a lot of the polling places have additional poll workers there doing these duties that you wouldn't typically have um, during a pandemic. Are there curbside options for people that, that maybe are infected with COVID that, that need to come in vote and, or, or just you know other people that don't want to go into the location? Well, curbside voting is specifically for someone who has a disability that allow, doesn't allow them to go into the polling location. It also is for someone who is immunocompromised or someone who has tested positive or have symptoms. If you just don't want to go into the polling locations, curbside voting is not an option for you. You have to have the symptoms be quarantined or test positive to use the curbside voting option. Okay, and then how, how does somebody do, how do you do that? Do you just like honk your horn or something? Like, how do you come, how do you get a curbside? In some of the polling locations, yes, that is what you do. But um, most of them will have a sign outside, here's a phone number to call, or here's a button to push. Um, a lot of them will have someone standing outside looking, or you'll have a reader by the door, they'll be looking to see if there's a curbside vote or two. So it, depending on what polling location you go to, there's going to be a different different options for what you need to do to alert them that you're there to vote curbside. And last thing, I have an absentee ballot, let's say, and I do I need to bring it in now or can I drop it into the box tomorrow? Do I Can I drop it into that box or do I should I physically bring it and hand it to somebody at the, at the polls tomorrow? You can still do the drop box. All the clerks are going to arrange to have those drop boxes checked. At some point throughout the day, they're going to shut off the drop boxes. So in order to make sure your ballot is getting to the polling location, I highly advise you just to take it to that polling location. In most cases, that drop box is at your polling location, and just hand it to one of the poll workers there so you can make sure it's going to get processed. Um, 2016, I feel this is four years ago, so I feel like it took the county kind of a while to, to figure out where we were at with the, uh, the, with the results. 
Um, and I, I've, I feel like it's going to be harder this year with more absentee ballots, just a little bit more work. Um, do, do you think it's going to take longer than 2016? I just remember, was there a hiccup in 2016 or did it take a while? Or am I remembering that wrong? Um, it wasn't a hiccup. It did take a little bit longer. There were some polling locations that had a lot of absentee voters. They had a line throughout the day, so they couldn't process any of those absentee ballots until the polls closed. Um, and then at the end of the day, they have to reconcile the numbers. You know, did we put this many ballots through the machine? Is that how many voters we have in the poll book? If that doesn't match, they need to reconcile. So there's other work that needs to be done on election night before they can result, report out their results. So there was a little delay in um, 2016. There'll probably be a delay for maybe a couple of the polling places, but like I said, a lot of the larger ones purchase a second tabulator, so they have a crew on election day that's going to be dedicated just to processing those absentees on a separate machine. So we're hoping that those will get processed throughout the day, and they won't have to do it at 8 p.m. when the polls close. All right, so for poll workers, they got those uh, envelope knives, or letter openers, you can call them, I like envelope knives, um, probably those like thumb rubber thumb things, right? Anything else oh, yeah. that you guys are really yeah, using? The- there's a healthy supply of the, the thumb things. There's a healthy supply of letter openers and um, probably a healthy supply of Band-Aids for the paper cuts that will happen when opening those envelopes. But they're ready. They've been trained. Um, you know, can I say this is the Super Bowl for municipal clerks and county clerks? Because this is what we've been preparing for. Um, maybe didn't want to have a presidential election in the middle of a pandemic, but it is what it is. And, you know, we're prepared and we're ready to go forward. Lacrosse County Clerk Jenny Denkmeyer, thanks a lot for joining me and, and good luck tomorrow. Thank you. All right, that was Lacrosse County Clerk Jenny Dingmeyer. If you didn't just hear that, she's been doing this from since 2011, and you can check on the results when they start coming in. Wisdom News will have them. We're going to have Scott Robert Shaw in here tomorrow night, giving updates, and they'll be updated throughout the evening on our website, wisdomnews.com. If you want to get them there or download the Wisdom app. All right, we'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Just a couple minutes left here before the big day tomorrow, too. Scott Shaw will be in here at about 8 o'clock, giving you live updates as we uh, do election coverage. Probably all night. We'll see after. I think Scott's going to get in here and, and be in here until about 10. And then I'll be in here. And I might just go live on, on Facebook and uh, we'll see. We'll see what the law. I might go on the radio. I'm not sure, but at, uh, check our Facebook page. Check wisdomnews.com throughout the night just to kind of get uh, updates on everything going on. And uh, I know Mike Smucks. Uh, he was on earlier. The Lacrosse County Democratic Party chair. He's, he was talking about Ron Kind holding the district in 2016 when Hillary when Hillary lost uh, and Trump took the district. Uh, Ron Kind didn't run against anybody. <laughs> Somebody pointed that that out. I kind of thought that, but I wasn't completely sure.